Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl AJ, the Suburban Princess. Just trying to get over the crap that I just witnessed from both the Phillies and the Sixers in one night. Now, the Phillies are not in a championship playoff like the Sixers are, but they almost lost a 10-1 to lead in a game that seemed to be in hand with Jake Arrieta pitching decently for once. And all of a sudden, you flick in between games and just be... Just like that, all of a sudden it was 10 to 5. Well, first it was 10 to 2, then it was 10 to 5, then it was 10 to 7. I went back to the Sixers game to watch them barely get through the second half, and they were like down like 19 points. Get back to the Phillies game, and suddenly it's 12 to 9. So both teams seem to lack a lot of defense tonight, I've noticed, and it was a common theme. But the Sixers are more frustrating because it seems like they are allergic to winning in game one. Um, I don't think they'll get blown out of this series, but I don't know if they're going to do it in six. But if they continue to kind of have the inconsistent uh, off offense playing, rebounding, pick and roll, defense transition, everything that's been obviously chasing after them all year, whether they have talent or not. And obviously the lack of Mike Scott with his plantar fasciitis heel injury is obviously not going to help them in the fourth coach has definitely made a lot of weird decisions in the game tonight because I don't know why Jonah and Furkan Korkmaz were even in the game so early and the fact that he put in TJ later in the game showed that at some point he realized that throughout the season TJ is not good in the first part of the of the game he's usually available more likely to generate a spark in the last part of the on the last part of the series the game I'm all tongue twisted because I guess in my mind I expected the Sixers to have a little bit more oomph and I know they have to learn this team but this team has also beat their butt pretty much soundly except for one game when Kawhi wasn't playing all year so you would think by now they would kind of know how they roll and have a better game plan. Not the case, but the one thing that was shocking was that Ben, even though he was taken out a couple times, I think that in general, Ben played as aggressive as he could for the most part. I was almost, I was almost hoping at one point too that Ben would just try a three just for the hell of it, but I think we're all waiting for that in general, and he's just not going to be that dude, So, which is fine. It's besides the point. I didn't like... I really was mad at Joel because I didn't like his body language toward the end of the game and actually even in the middle of the first half because I felt like once Joel couldn't run up without fouling as much as he normally does, he, he sort of pouts. And I felt like regardless of whether Drake was there and Meek wasn't cheering their teams on, um, I really do think the Sixers have to come off intimidating from the first half before they start um, allowing the team to come back so fast. Now, mind you, you know that Kawhi is... He is undefendable. So if he gets baskets here and there, whatever. I was proud of Tobias that he even tried to guard him because he did as good as he could. But Tobias himself needed to back up a lot of his layups that he was starting to do and pull a Covington again and not finish off where he started. Yes, he hit a few threes, but even he was playing kind of underneath where he normally plays pretty solid throughout a game. And every now and then, I don't know if it's just the scheme that the opponent always gives him, but Tobias sometimes can fade off at times. And a lot of them were off. Jimmy was off. Jimmy was trying to guard Kawhi at one point, And it obviously was not going to work. Um, there were times Jimmy missed a chance to have a three-point play when he was hit on a flagrant. And he, he missed like one of the shots. So he, he should have got all three because he's a great foul shot shooter. 
Um, Embiid too. I think there were times that Embiid threw up some garbage threes just because he didn't know what else to do. And probably hence the reason why Brett kept substituting people in early. Boban wasn't even a factor. Um, you think by now he would realize that people know that they can go at him, even though he's bigger than them. But it's almost like a, a mice, you know, scaring an elephant. And you just want to sit there and go, boo, like try to look a little intimidating. Try to block. Do something. Be sharp. Um, I'm just hoping it's a, temp- a temperamental mental block that they're having right now and that they're all trying to patiently go with the coach, even though they secretly know this is not going to work. I think maybe even in the press conference that Joel had in the locker room, I think he just seemed disinterested. But he also has to learn to stop pouting. I think there's he's too big and he's too grown in this league now to realize that if things don't work, be fed up. How about you just say no? How about we just change this right now? Because this is not going to work for me. So I think if we do this in halftime, we should come out and look like this. And they could have adjusted. At one point, it just seemed like when they were within one, that they might get their first lead, but they never did. Because then after that, it was stupid play. It was a foul. And uh, it was turnovers. So, yes, they had more than 10 turnovers, which is also should be the goal for game two, is the Sixers to have less than 10 turnovers as a team. Ben didn't even have that many on his own, which is usually... A shocking thing for him because he normally plays faster than everybody else and then he can lose control of his ball when he can't he can't just throw it over his shoulder to somebody a lot of the time I felt like when Ben was ready to pass nobody was there and in those moments I think that Ben should go for the hook shot or he should just straight up just chuck it up and see what happens because a lot of the times guys were not ready um, when Ben wanted to do a fancy little pass and Joel just tuned out mentally I could tell and it was kind of annoying and then for Khan, I still don't understand why he was in there and he played like he didn't understand why he was in there either. I felt bad for Mike Scott because I'm sure he's watching it thinking this is all garbage, like we can play better than this. And if there's one person who seemed like he was trying his hardest but in getting the stupid fouls was was Ennis and uh, JJ. JJ was getting fouls due to the fact that he was getting hit by Danny Green and to the point where he busted his lip again on his elbow or whatever and the rest decided not to call anything and then they called it technical on JJ and it's like oh JJ now you're costing your team more because now he's got to make like four shots so stuff like that shouldn't happen on game two um when they come home I just hope that their energy doesn't disappear if the Raptors get ahead because the crowd will feel it and then they'll start losing momentum and interest and then they'll start booing so I think the difference between this series and last series is that the Nets are not the Raptors and the only competitive edge that the Sixers have they have to exploit it and I think that it can't be an excuse anymore of using one guy as kind of their focal point they have to use the whole team because all these other cats are not going away and honestly Gasol and Siakam and you know, uh, Ibaka were not going to be threats. It was going to be Kawhi by himself. And Kyle did a couple of good moves, but he also almost fouled himself out at one point. So Kyle Lowry is never a factor. Plus, I think he's a little overweight too. I think he gained some weight and he doesn't look as sharp as he used to. But either way, this is the series where the Sixers will show who they really are. And no matter what talent they have or they don't have, it could come down to what coach brown decides to do in terms of substitutions early or late and what the offense decides to show in spite of the defense they get so game two they just have to figure out where the holes are and fill them 
That's the way I feel. The Phillies need to stop bleeding because they're a good team and it shouldn't come down to the bullpen every time they can't hold a lead. It's got to be something different. I know for sure Cesar Hernandez is becoming a liability on defense and offense now because now he can't hit. Um, And I think Jake Arrieta can sometimes be a hypocrite because he did not... He didn't get pulled from that game because he was doing great. He got pulled from the game because he was starting to lose the lead. You know, that's when it became 10-2. And that's when you knew it's like, okay, here we go. And eventually all the other backup pitchers followed suit, except for when it came to Neris, because even when it was two more outs in the ninth, I really expected Neris to blow it again, but he didn't. So, but it's the Marlins and the Phillies should not be having any issues defending the Marlins, but yet they seem to run in these stupid little traps with them which just like the Mets series was, became a whole lack of communication and a whole lack of defense. Now, I felt bad for John Segura, Segura because he's coming back and then gets hit in the, in the helmet, hit in the head. Now, thank God he wasn't bleeding. Thank God it would just probably be a big bulge in his face, you know, tomorrow. But it's just a shame that the Phillies have come to the point where it's like they're already leaking oil and you just wonder, like, what is really here? At some point, no matter how much talent you have on a team, and this goes for Sixers as well, you have to learn to continue to execute the same way. And if it doesn't work, you have to learn to readjust on the fly. And that is definitely a theme running through both these teams. I mean, yes, the Sixers have more at stake right now, but the Phillies have to learn that these losses will come back and haunt them come August and September when they're trying to uh, place themselves in the NL East. So the Sixers have to learn the same way. Joel has to stop pouting. And we just have to find a way to give Ben the ball. And Ben can play, therefore Joel can play. And therefore we can put Joel in the post, in the paint, and not in space where he doesn't need to be chucking up threes because no one's around. And we definitely need to let uh, Jonathan Simmons and Ennis play a little bit more, even though Ennis became a liability with the constant fouling because Kyle runs right into him and he gets fouled every time. So he has to not fall for that next game. And uh, I don't want to see Korkmaz or Jonah unless it's literally two minutes left of the game. There's no reason for any of those guys to be on the floor. I don't care what Coach Brown's uh, theory is, but it's wrong. It doesn't work for playoffs. It looks very high school. And it looks like he's lost faith in his personnel. That's all I got. I mean, at this point now, I just, I don't feel negative, but I also don't feel positive. But I feel like game two should be the answer to why game one went the way it was, which means hopefully you're probably going to get the same amount of points and and obviously pressure from the Raptors. But you want to make sure that the Sixers are playing up to their potential, which is basically what they're not doing at key moments in the game. And that's how they quickly lose momentum. My wish is I, I hope it goes all seven personally, because I feel like you know, if they if they impose their will early and the Sixers don't come alive between two and three, then it's it's pretty much a wrap. Um, I'd like to think that the Sixers have a shot and that they'll get hungry between now and the end of next week because they don't want to go home uh, not knowing that they have at least two games up. So game one, lesson learned. But we also know this is the team that's been a thorn in their side all year. So you want to easily give into the theory of... This might be the series, but we all as fans knew that this was going to be a challenge. It wasn't going to be the Nets, but even the Nets at one point was posing a threat against the Sixers. So if they come back 
with this Raptor team playing the same way they just did tonight and the Sixers are more turned up, that's probably a good look. But I don't see there being a way to stop Ka- Kawhi or Siaku. I just think that at this point, Siaka, I just think at this point it's just it's a mental thing and Joel has to learn to not wear it on his body so much because I don't think Ben looked shook as much as he was more just like, this is all I got, this is this is all I can do. And I think Jimmy tried to stay focused as much as anybody else. And I think Tobias got caught up in frustration too with him and JJ both with how um, they weren't finishing a lot of their shots. And they were kind of the two guys that they needed to get the offense going consistently. And they weren't always delivering. So, you know, I wish JJ's streak that he had in the third had continued because they would have probably came in within like three at one point again, but they never did. So as a frustrated fan, I have to say, I'm glad that they're at this point, but I hope that they will get over this hump and I hope they figure it out quickly because the game doesn't get any easier, it gets harder, and this team has been hitting a wall off and on throughout the whole season. I just want the postseason to be a lesson of readjusting and doing it quick. So just pray that all the guys put their heads together and trust each other and stop getting back into each other's own little private corners and sulking and just learn to just accept that this is your team, you can make it work if you want to, and you can beat any team if you want, but they gotta want it. So, do you agree with me or do you not? Let me know, shoot me a tweet, girlyvirgo78, and or email me at, um, oh gosh, what is my email? <laughs> uh, a Jones Radio Caller uh, on AOL, or you can just hit me up on my email ajones4078 at gmail.com let me know your opinion or if not tweet me on twitter thanks for listening and i will return with another joint podcast with my boy eddie Um, we're going to talk about how the nba finals are going and exactly how we felt the eagles draft win because there's a lot to talk about with that as well Um, i personally think the eagles had a very good debut and i still know that they still have a lot of shopping to do with undrafted free agents And uh, hopefully by the end of the week, when me and Ed come back on together, we'll have a lot more to talk about that'll be more related to the sports and not just us. (laughs) Thanks for listening. AJ's Bourbon Princess, Birds of a Feather. I'm out. See you soon.